Chapter 25 Damu Ana Kasa of Ahmednagar Speculations Amralila We begin this chapter with a, with a prostration with all our eight limbs to Sai Baba who is the ocean of mercy the God incarnate the Parabrahma the great Yogeshwara Lord of Yoga Victory be unto Sai Baba who is the crest jewel of the saints in abode of all auspiciousness all auspicious things our Atmaram self and the sole refuge of the devotees we prostrate ourselves before him who has attained the aim and end of life Sai Baba is always full of mercy what is wanted on our part is wholehearted devotion to him when a devotee has got firm faith and devotion his wishes are soon fulfilled when the desires arose in Hemanpan in the mind of Hemanpan to write the life and leelas of Sai Baba he immediately got it written by him when the order to keep the memos was given, Hamapant was inspired and his intellect got strength and boldness to undertake the f and finish the work. He was not, as he says, qualified to write the work, but the gracious blessings of Baba enabled him to complete the undertaking. And thus you have the Sacharita, which is a cistern or a som somakant jewel, from which nectar in the form of Saililas oozes, oozes out for the readers to drink to their heart's content. Whenever a devotee had a complete and wholehearted devotion to Sai Baba, he, all his calamities and dangers were warded off, and his welfare attended to by Baba. This story of Damodar Savaram Rasane Kasar of Ahmednagar, now of Pune, alias Damu Anna, illustrating the above statement, is given below. Damu Anna. The readers are aware that the mention of this gentleman was made in the sixth chapter regarding the celebration of Ram Nomi festival in Shirdi. He went to Shirdi in the year 1895 AD in the, at the Ramnami Ustav, uh, Ram Ustav celebration and began a sincere and celebration and began. He went to Shirdi about the year 1895 AD when the Ramnami Ustav, Ustav celebration began. And since that time, he has been providing an ornamental flag for the occasion every year. He also feeds the poor and the fakirs who come there for the festival. Speculations. His speculations. One, cotton trading. A Mumbai friend of Damu Anna wrote to him that they should do some cotton speculation business in partnership, which would bring them about two lakhs of rupees as profit. Damu Anna says in his statement made about the year 1936 to Mr. B.V. Narasimha that the proposal about speculating at Mumbai in cotton was from a broker who was not to be a partner and that he, Damu Anna, was to be the sole adventurer. Page 75 of Devotee's Experiences Part 2. The broker wrote that the business was good and involved no risks and that the opportunity should not be lost. Damu Anna was facilitating. He could not at once determine to venture into the speculation. He thought over this and as he was a devotee of Baba, he wrote a detailed letter to Sharma giving all the facts and requested him to consult Baba and take his advice in the matter. Sharma got the letter the next day and when he went to Baba with it at noon to Sharma, I placed it before Baba and asked Sharma what the matter was and what the letter was about. He replied that Dhamma Anna of Naga wanted to consult him about something. Then Baba said, what does he write and what does he plan? It seems that he wants to reach the sky and he is not content with, with what God has given him. Read his letter. Sharma then said, the letter contains what you have just said, O Deva. You sit here calm and composed and agitate the devotees when they get when they get restless. You draw them here, some in person, others through letters. If you know the contents of the letter, why do you then press me to read it? Baba said, O Sharma, read it. I speak at random, and who believes me?
Then Sharma read the letter and Baba heard it attentively and said feelingly, This Sheth Damuana has gone mad. Write to him in the reply that nothing is wanting in his house. Let him be content with the half loaf of bread he has and not bother himself about lux. Sharma sent him sent the reply, which Damuana was anxiously waiting for. After reading it, he found that all his hopes and prospects about lux of rupees as profit was dashed to the ground. He thought that he had done a mistake by consulting Baba, but as Sharma had hinted in the reply that there is always much difference in seeing and hearing, and that therefore he should come to Shirdi personally and see Baba. He thought it was advisable to go to Shirdi and consult Baba personally about the affair. So he went to Shirdi, saw Baba, prostrated himself before him, and sat shampooing his legs. He had no courage to ask Baba openly about the speculation, but he thought in his mind that it would be better if someone if some share in the business should be assigned to Baba and that in his mind that if Baba were to help him in the transaction he would surrender some of the share of profits to him. Dhammuana was thus thinking secretly in his mind but nothing was veiled from Baba. Everything past, present and future was clear to him. A child wants sweets but the mother gives better pills. The former spoils his health while the latter improves it. So the mother look, looking to the welfare of the infant coaxes and gives bitter, bitter pills. Baba, the kind mother as he was, knew the present and future prospects of his devotees, and therefore, reading Dhammuana's mind, he openly spoke to him, Bapu, I do not want to be entangled in any such worldly things, sharing of profits. On seeing Baba's disapproval, Dhammuana dropped the enterprise. 2. Grain dealings. Then he thought of trading in rice, when uh, wheat and other grains. Baba read uh, this thought, and also he said to him, you will be buying at five sears and selling at seven sears a rupee. So this business was also given up. The rise in prices of grains was kept up for some time, and Baba's prophecy seemed to be falsified. But in a month or two, there was abundant rain everywhere, and the prices suddenly fell down, and therefore those who stored grain suffered severe loss. Damu Anna was saved from this fate. Needless to say, that the cotton speculation, which was conducted by the broker with the help of another merchant, also collapsed with severe loss and to the adventurers. After seeing that Baba had saved him from two severe losses in cotton and grain speculations, Damo Anna's faith in Baba's grew stronger and he remained a true devotee of Baba till his passing away. The Amma Lila, the Amra Lila miracle, mango miracle. Once a parcel of about 300 good mangoes was received in charity. It was sent from Goa by one Mamlata named Rale uh, to Sai Baba in the name of Sharma. When it was opened, all the mangoes were found to be in good condition. They were given to Sharma's charge, and only four were retained and placed in the Kolamba pot by Baba. He said, These four fruits are for Dhamma Anu. Let, him, let them lie there. This Dhamma Anna, this Dhamma Damu Anna, had three wives, according to his statement mentioned above. He had not three, but two wives only. He had no issue. He consulted many astrologers and himself studied astrology to some extent and found that there was a, a papi, an inauspicious planet, in his horoscope. There was no prospect of an, any issue to him in this life. But he had great faith in Baba. When he went to Shirdi uh, two hours after the receipt of the mango parcel for worshipping Baba, he said, Though other people are looking for the mangoes, they are dhammyas. He who he he whose they are should eat and die. Damuana, on hearing the, these words, was first shocked. But on Mahasapati, a shirdi devotee, explaining to him that death meant the death of the ego and to have 
uh, death of the ego and to have it at Baba's feet was a blessing. Dhammu Anna said that he could accept he could he could accept the fruits and eat them. But Baba said to him, Do not eat yourself, but give them to your younger wife. This Amralila mango miracle of four mangoes will give her four sons and four daughters. This was done, and in due course, it was found out Baba's words turned out true and not those of the astrologers. Baba's speech established their efficacy or great Baba's speech established its efficacy or greatness while he was living in the flesh, but it did not but it did the same even after his passing away. Baba said, Believe me, though I pass away, my bones in my tomb would be speaking, moving and communicating with those who would surrender themselves wholeheartedly to me. Do not be anxious that I would be absent from you. You will hear my bones speaking and discussing your welfare. But remember me always. Believe in me, heart and soul, and then you will be most benefited. Prayer. Hemapant closes this chapter with a prayer. O Sai Sadguru, the wish-fulfilling tree of the bhaktas, we pray, let us never forget and lose sight of your feet. We have been troubled with the sins and outs and the, the ins and outs, births and deaths of this ansa. Now we now free us from the cycle of births and deaths. Restrain us from outgoing of our senses and their objects and introvert us and bring us face to face with the Atma itself. As long as the outgoing tendency of the senses and the mind is not checked, there is no prospect of self-realization. Neither son nor wife nor friend will be of any use in the end. It is only you who will give us salvation and bliss. Destroy completely our tendency for discussions and other evil matters. Let our tongue get a passion for chanting your name. Drive our drive out our thoughts and make us forget our bodies and do away with our egoism make us ever remember your name and forget all other things remove the restlessness of our mind and make the steady and calm if you just clasp clasp us the darkness of night of our ignorance will vanish and we shall live happily in your light that you made us drink the nectar of your leelas and awakened us from our slumber is due to your grace and store of merits in in our past births note in this connection, the following extract from Dhammu Anna's statement mentioned above is worth perusal. Once when I sat at his feet, along with many others, I had two questions in my mind, and he gave answers to both. One, there are so many crowding to Sai Baba. Do they all get benefit from him? To this he replied orally, look at the mango tree in blossom. If all the flowers became fruit, what a splendid crop it would be. But do they? Most fall off, either as flowers or as unripe fruits, by wind, etc. Very few remain. Two, the second question what was, was about myself. If Baba were to pass away, how hopelessly adrift I would be, and how, I, how am I to fare then? To this Baba answered that he would be with me whenever and wherever I thought of him. That promise he had kept up before 1918 and has been keeping up after 1918. He is still with me. He is still guiding me. This was about 1910-11, when brothers separated from me and my sister died, and there was a theft and a police inquiry. All these incidents made me very disturbed. When my sister died, my mind was much upset, and I did not care for life and enjoyments. When I went to Baba, he pacified me with his upadesh and made me eat a feast of Purampoli at, at Appa Kulkani's house. There was a theft in my house. A 30-year-old friend of mine stole my wife's jewellery box, including her auspicious nut nose ring. I went before Baba's photo. The next day, the man returned the jewel box and asked for pardon. Bow to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. Sri Sachitananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai.